Welcome to Stony Brook Church. My name is Pastor David, and on behalf of our preacher for the day, Pastor Jennifer Casey and Pastor Bob Thomas, our pastor emeritus, I welcome you to worship this morning. As we begin our time together, several announcements to draw your attention to. First, I want to offer a word of thanksgiving on behalf of your pastoral staff, Pastor Jennifer, Pastor Bob, and myself for all of the cards, the well wishes, and the tokens of appreciation that we have received for Pastor Appreciation Month. Your gifts, your cards, your notes have been overwhelming to me, and what a gift it is to be serving with you here at Stony Brook. We are in need of volunteers to help with our fall cleanup of the church property next Saturday from 9 until 11. You're invited to bring gloves and gardening tools if you have them. We will be directed as to the work that needs to be completed, but everyone is invited uh, to be a part of that cleanup. Please mark your calendars. We'll be holding our annual church conference on Sunday, November 14th at 1 o'clock here at Stony Brook. We'll be holding this event in person and on Zoom. And if you would like to participate on Zoom, you're invited to call the church office or to use your connection card to register, uh, both the online connection card and the connection card um, that you'll find in your bulletin. You can register your attendance and then also register for the uh, church conference and many other opportunities on back of the card. United Methodist Women is hosting a no-bake bake sale uh, following worship today and money will be donated to fund projects for women and children both here in our community and around the world and you're invited to stop by um, their table and offer a donation. Um, you can give um, there or you can also give online at stonybrook.church slash give. We ask that you put a um, UMW in the memo line so that they will receive that donation. Friend Stony Brook has had the privilege um, and opportunity this past week of helping to host a missionary from the United Methodist General Board of Global Ministries. Lorraine Shonda has been with us um, this past week, and many of you have, have opened up your lives to help host, and, and host her and show hospitality. Um, Lorraine is from Zimbabwe and currently serves in the North Katanga Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And I met Lorraine three years ago um, on a journey to the Congo. She'll be providing a brief presentation after this worship service. You're invited um, to stay seated uh, after the postlude, and she will um, share with you um, what she is doing there in the Congo, literally transforming and changing and saving lives, and uh, what a blessing it has been for us to be with her this week. Let us welcome her this morning. And friends, you'll find much more information about these items and much more in your bulletin and on your weekly electronic newsletter. You can sign up to receive that electronic newsletter uh, by calling the church office or by going online. Friends, let's prepare our hearts for a time of worship as the prelude helps center us this morning.
I invite you to rise in body or, or spirit as we join together in this morning's call to worship. We are people of God, created to love. We are people of God, determined to love. We love neither from a sense of obligation nor to gain popularity or favor. We choose to love both the lovely and the unlovable because love imitates God's nature. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, let us bring pardon. Where there is doubt, let us teach hope. Where there is despair, let us bear hope. Where there is darkness, let us shine your light. And where there is sadness this day, let us share your joy. O holy God, grant that we, that each one of us, that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others. Grant that we may not so much seek to be understood but to take the time and energy necessary to listen and to understand others. Grant, O oh God, that we may not so much seek to be loved as to love others. For you teach us and you show us again and again that it is in giving that we receive 
that it is in forgiving another that we are forgiven, and that it is in our dying that each one of us are born to eternal life. Oh God, in this day, make us your instruments of peace, of love, of forgiveness and grace, of faith, of hope, your light in this world. And now, O oh God, give us the courage as we join our hearts and voices together as one, practicing the prayer that you taught your disciples, praying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I invite you to hear these words of good news from our Lord and Savior, reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12, starting with verse 28. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. This is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Amen. If home is really where the heart is, then home must be a place we all can share. Someone smiling, someone dreaming. 
again, thank you, Deb and Melanie, for your gift of music today. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Oh God, may the words from my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. May all that we do glorify you in this world. Amen. I've shared with you all before that my sermon writing process generally goes one of two ways. The first way, I've studied the scripture, I've thought about what to say, I sit down at my computer to write, and God gives me something that just flows. It feels good. I feel connected to God and the rhythm just works. The other way, I've studied the scripture, I've thought about what to say, I sit down to write, and nothing flows. I'm blocked, I wrestle, I'm frustrated. The latter is what I experienced this week. So yesterday when I opened up my sermon at 3 p.m. to finish writing it and saw that I had not actually saved it, I wasn't super happy, but I also thought to myself, perhaps that was God's way of saying, that's not the sermon you should be preaching today. <laughs> Here's what I can't figure out, though. Why on earth have I been struggling to write a sermon on this scripture? It's such a commonly known scripture. It's the essence of our faith. How hard is it to write about love? Loving God, loving our neighbor? I think perhaps that is exactly what had me blocked. Sometimes it can be hard to write about the most basic, the most foundational aspects of our faith. It's hard to write about love because our culture romanticizes it. We tend to oversimplify it, and I don't want to represent something so important in an artificial way. And so I went back and reread the scripture again. Can you hear it? Are you listening to that subtle, smooth voice that's trying to make its way through the noise? A scribe, a biblical scholar, if you will, approaches Jesus. He has a question. Now, this wasn't unusual. It was perfectly normal, customary even, for scholars to approach rabbis and ask them clarifying questions about the scripture. What is the first commandment, he asks. In other words, which commandment is the most important? Jesus answers quickly and smoothly, hear this, love the Lord your God with every fiber of your being and love your neighbor as yourself. The scribe responds with affirmation, yes, Jesus, you are correct. 
on earth would it be hard to write about this? Throughout, Mark, throughout Mark's gospel, we've seen religious authority one after another challenging Jesus. His teachings, his practices, the way he interpreted scripture. What a refreshing interaction to have a religious scholar actually agreeing with Jesus. So where's the struggle? Can you hear it? Are you listening? If we were to open up the entire Gospel of Mark, we would see that today's scriptural story is situated in the midst of Jesus' last week of life. He had already entered into Jerusalem on the colt. He'd been angry at the injustices in the temple marketplace. He had been questioned more than once by the religious authorities. The scribe asking about the first commandment is the last time that Jesus's authority was challenged. He will soon experience a final meal with his disciples, his betrayal, his abandonment, his trial, his death. It is not insignificant that love is the last thing Jesus was questioned about. It is not insignificant that this is the only thing that the religious scholars agreed with Jesus about. Love is significant. Love is central. Love is essential. Without love, there is no faith. So why is it so hard to write about love? Here's the tricky thing. The way love is portrayed in everything from movies to advertisements to television shows to the ways that we post about it on social media makes it seem like love naturally comes easy and that love is always accompanied by a feeling of affection. Love, in the context of our faith, is a choice. It is a decision. It is an action. Love shines light on the kingdom of God. Throughout this fall season, we've been spending time with Jesus in Mark's gospel as he has been describing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is unlike any human kingdom. In God's kingdom, power is inverted. Humility is honored. The ignored are included. The hurting are healed. The children are cherished. Justice occurs. And all voices are heard. Can you hear it? Are you listening? If you come into my office, you will see a phrase that is written on my door. It says, in a Gregorian chant, if you cannot hear everyone's voice, it is because you are singing too loudly. In other words, it's not that someone else is singing too softly. 
It's that you haven't quieted your voice enough so that all voices can rise to the top. Our society is loud. Social media, politicians, our news channels, so many people believing that their thoughts and their opinions are so important that it sounds like people are shouting all the time. Heading into this pandemic, we were already in a place where there was too much talking and not enough listening. The pandemic seems to have amplified this. The immature and selfish behavior exhibited over the past 19 months has been disappointing, appalling even. The reason Jesus puts these two commandments together, to love God and to love neighbor, is because there is not one without the other. For the Jewish community to love God meant that you would love neighbor. They are inextricably intertwined. Loving God was loving neighbor. It's impossible to say that we love God and not show love to our neighbor. It sounds simple, but it's not. Fear, hurt, superiority, assumptions, righteousness, intimidation, so many other things all get in the way of our loving others. And this is why this sermon has been so difficult to write. So often when I ask groups, what does it mean to love your neighbor? I hear answers like feeding ministries, donating clothing, giving money to missions, showing kindness. Yes, all of this is loving our neighbors. It is beautiful and it is a sign of the kingdom of God. And yet, there is more. Loving neighbor means knowing neighbor. And this is where the love part gets risky. It means being in relationship with our neighbors, not just neighbors that are similar to us, but all of our neighbors, those in different socioeconomic classes, those with different religious views, those with different political beliefs, those who are different, because all are created in God's very own divine image, and all represent and reflect God in some way. Love means listening, really listening. Can you hear it? Are you listening? God's subtle and smooth voice is speaking to us, telling us to listen to the scripture. It's right there from Jesus' lips. Hear, O Israel, love your God and love your neighbor. Loving God and loving our neighbor is essential to our faith. It is the place where God transforms. It is a choice. It is a decision. It is an action. I've shared before that a part of my training while I was in seminary 
was to work as a hospital chaplain. The time I spent in that role shaped me in profound ways. It helped me to deepen my tolerance for sitting in another person's pain. It helped me learn to listen without needing to respond. It taught me not to judge others who lived differently than me. It was a deeply transformative experience. And the transformation happened only because God called me to interact with other human beings, my neighbors. It was hard. I met people from all over the world. I was challenged in ways I would have never expected. I got to be with all demographics of people. And perhaps one of the most transformative experiences I had was with a family I met on the first week. As I was making my rounds, I walked up to a room and I saw a young woman and an older man in the room with a baby. I noticed some signs that made me think that the family was likely Muslim from a Middle Eastern country. In that moment, I hesitated. This was during a time when our politics and media had capitalized on perpetuating untrue stereotypes about the Muslim community. And I thought to myself, I don't know the cultural norms and what are the expectations of me as a woman interacting with a Muslim man? What if I do something offensive? What if they don't want me as a white, Christian, woman, chaplain in their room? What if we have difficulty understanding one another? What if the barriers are too much? Should I go in? It'd be easy for me to walk on by. I took a deep breath and attempted to push my anxiety aside and entered the room. I introduced myself and with God's grace, a beautiful relationship began between myself and the older man, who I quickly learned was the baby's grandfather. Over the next five months, we talked about our faith, him sharing what it meant to be Muslim and me sharing my faith in Christ. His love for his granddaughter was clear. He allowed me to pray for her she would smile when I came near. He teased that I brought God into the room whenever I appeared. And I always made sure to point out that God was already there with his baby and with him. The baby was discharged one week before I was to end my time at the hospital. And as I entered the room for the last time, the grandfather reached out his hands and took mine. It was the first time we had touched one another. Knowing we were crossing some cultural boundaries in the name of human connection made his gesture of love that much more meaningful for me. God transformed me through that grandfather. 
through the love he had for his granddaughter, through the ways he allowed me to be a brief part of their lives. God transforms us through relationships. They aren't always easy. They are always worth the risk. The thing with relationships, when we really listen to our neighbor, when we make the conscious decision to love, some of the hard edges of our hearts begin to soften. It becomes less about what we think, what we assume, and more about how to be in a mutually loving relationship. When we quiet our voices and begin to hear the ways others are hurting, our focus begins to shift. We start to see things differently. We are more willing to offer and to receive forgiveness. We are more compassionate. We are more empathetic. We are more willing to work toward changing systems which hurt some and allow others to flourish. Can you hear it? Are you listening? Jesus is whispering your name, beckoning you to come into the kingdom of God. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves your neighbor. Can you hear it? Are you listening? The voices are all singing together in perfect harmony, none louder than another. We can hear each and every voice, for all of us belong in God's beautiful, challenging, life-changing kingdom. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen. Friends, October is a month with five Sundays. On fifth Sundays here at Stony Brook, we take up a special offering to benefit UMCH Family Services, a United Methodist organization that serves children and families in our community. UMCH Family Services work with hundreds of children and parents across Ohio through mental health, treatment, foster care, adoption, and psychiatry programs. Checks may be made payable to Stony Brook Church with UMCH Family Services on the memo line, or you can donate online at stonybrook.church give. Stony Brook is already a big supporter of UMCH Family Services, and probably now even more, as I have been recently appointed to their board of directors. <laughs> Friends, I invite us now to stand and join together in singing our doxology, giving thanks for all that God has given to us.
All things come from you, O God, and with gratitude we return to you what is yours. You created all that is, and with love formed us in your image. When our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. All that we are and all that we have is a trust from you. And so in gratitude for all your gifts, we offer you ourselves and all that we have. In union with Christ, offering for us by your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. the benediction to take a seat and stay and enjoy the presentation from Lorraine as we learn about her ministry. Uh, but before that, friends, receive these words. Go from this place with the confidence that the God who created you loves you, and you get to take that love out into the world and spread it to all of those who you encounter this week. Go and love your neighbors well, my friends. Go in peace. Amen.